Hi again, everybody. This is Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD Studios. This is The Chatter. Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wagner. It's like, what's my line? <laughs> Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the Chatter Fan Club just keeps growing here. We're getting all kinds of... I think you're in second place, Colleen. I'm at... Probably third place. <laughs> I think you're in first place after this week. What? Yeah. Yeah, you had some nice comments. Thank you, everybody. We, yes, we, we love appreciate you. the feedback and the input, and we'd uh, love to answer all the questions, and we'll uh, probably have to do a compilation and, and uh, we nail will. down some. We will. I do have to do a shout-out, though, to Vince Mice, because I think a lot of people in town know Vince Mice. Heck, if you went through Waller High School, you know Vince Mice. He taught there for about 900 years. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever had Vince. B.C. B.C., right? <laughs> Vince is awesome, one of my favorite people in the world. Anyway, he was listening the other day when we were talking about offer it up the phrase offer it up and uh he sent an email and how uh the scriptural basis for offer it up is found in first colossians verse 24 and it says this um who re- now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up those things that are wanting of the sufferings of christ in my flesh for his body which is the church and uh vince went on to say that we can participate in his redemptive suffering and that draws us closer to him which is the idea expressed at fatima when our lady asked us to pray for those who go to hell because yes there is a hell um because they had no hell last i heard there was a hell (laughs) um so anyway so vince picked up on that right away vince you are a scholar and a gentleman leading us to find it in first colossians 24. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome, Vince. And thanks for correcting spell-checking my emails, Vince. I appreciate that. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. What do we got for headlines this week? Well, I have some good news. One of the headlines is that... That doesn't fit in this format, does it? (laughs) I feel like we're such downers sometimes. And honestly, that's the news. So we've got to have have fun. We We have to lighten up a little bit and, and share some of the good news as well. And one of the greatest things that is good news is Cardinal Burke is over the hump with his COVID. Oh, yeah. He's now convalescing in a hospital room where they're um, rehabbing him, and he's doing well, and he had put out a letter. Um, you can find that letter on the Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine website, and it's just really nice. He was very sincere about thanking everyone for their prayers. Not only that, but thanking all the priests and bishops who offered Mass for him. And for his continued support, and that uh, he unites himself not only with the cross, but oh, those all of those people who do have COVID or may have, maybe have lost lo- loved ones. But anyway, I thought it was a very nice letter, and it was so nice to hear from him. And it was very nice that he stressed the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. For those of us, for those of you who have discounted the power of prayer. Right? It's nice to hear Burke say the power of prayer, because when I first heard that he had COVID, he had told someone he didn't think he was going to make it. 
Well, and at one point, well, and you guys know the way the rumor mill is, but I think we have some pretty decent, reliable sources. At one point, they gave him a 5% chance to make it. Mm-hmm. So, so 5% what? chance and power of prayer, uh, how does that weigh out? How did you say that the other day, Colleen? Uh, one of your friends said, as a last resort, I said a prayer. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. what did you, yeah, did know. you slap her? You know, say, <laughs> as a first resort, as a first resort, say a prayer. But isn't that something? I mean, what a powerful lesson. I mean, people think miracles don't happen anymore. There was just the time in the mm-hmm. Bible for miracles. Miracles happen every single day. I don't, th- I don't think we can uh, state that too Clearly, I think a lot of people feel that they missed the boat, they got second best, they could have lived during the time of Christ and the apostles and all of the lepers and the loaves, the fishes, the walking on water and all of that stuff. And since the uh, ascension into heaven, the uh, miracle bag has been ziplocked shut. That's right. And yet, with eye, faith-filled eyes, you can see miracles every day. Yeah, you just don't need to know where to look. And part of it is, is look, <laughs> look. Yeah, look. but th- I go deeper on that. How, how, because I think all of us at one point in our lives were guilty of that. What, what are oh, some yes. of the things that help the eye see those miracles here? What's, what's the pivot point, the inflection that allows Catholics in particular I'm not, not that Christians don't, but I, I don't see a lot of other Christians non catholics looking for miracles more in the catholic sphere what what's that area where you've gone from not seeing the holy spirit and miracles the hand of christ to you can't help seeing them every hour of every day what's what's some of the signs there go ahead colleen oh i was just gonna say you know i think maybe the mentality is we are looking for a miracle of someone being raised from the dead Mm-hmm. And I think miracles are much smaller and subtler than that. And so they are easily overlooked. Yeah, I, I've seen some pretty impressive miracles, actually. I I saw a lady, I was at a healing conference, and um, she was in a bad car accident when she was a young woman. And, I mean, she was confined to a wheelchair, and people prayed over her, and she got out of the wheelchair and walked. Awesome. That was a miracle. That's Praise a miracle. be to God. What was Angelica's old line there? She used it so well on the air 20 year, 30 years ago. She's oh, the, the, the woman pulls into the parking lot. Yes. Oh, Lord, help me find a parking space. Oh, Lord, help me find a parking space. Oh, Lord, help me. Never mind. I see one right here. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's exact. I was thinking of that very same story um, when I was talking about people. There are miracles everywhere you look. Well, speaking of Mother Angelica, she experienced a miracle. Oh, at least. Yeah. At least multiple. One. I mean, she was she experienced healing multiple times. Um, but I I think, you know, drill down a little bit deeper, like you say, Tom. What's you wake up in the morning, and the first miracle. There's a miracle right there. Yep. You're you're That's right. This side of the dirt, and you're breathing. Given the way I felt yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should drill down on that part. It was hot. It was, it was the humidity. It was it's, it's hot. not the it heat. It's, the, it's not. It's not a dry heat. <laughs> but just you know, simple things like we've had this crazy weather, but this crazy weather and these wild storms have really mm. given us some beautiful, gorgeous, exquisite sunrises and sunsets. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. those are miracles, folks. Yeah. And and the other miracle that I see often 
is those circumstances and events that you're involved in, but you don't have control over, and all of a sudden it goes your way. Yes, yes. And it's just like, how could that have happened? Yes. Those are God moments, not yep. coincidences. They're God, God moments. God yep. incidences. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of them with Burke. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if you don't believe, you could say, well, the medicine worked. Well, the doctors did their job. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a miracle. It's a miracle, yeah. yeah. A and so I guess one. God's not done with him yet. No. So we will no. have to see what God has planned for him. I'm rather excited about that. Yeah? I, I'd like to be a mouse in that hospital room. I'd like to actually be a mouse between his heart and the conversation of Jesus. You can dream bigger than a mouse. I... Well, I don't want him to see me. <laughs> <laughs> Fly on the wall. I don't want to be buzzing around and causing any issues. Just the mouse and little, little mouse in the corner. Before we go to that next headline, i got to say one thing about uh, Raymond Cardinal Burke. Did anyone else get the email with the photograph of our beloved priest across the river, Father Parker, kneeling and kissing the ring of Raymond Cardinal Burke. I'm thinking this was in Lacrosse. I don't know that for sure. I think it was, yeah. But it just reached me here early. We've got to get that up on the website someplace. We here. should, because it's a picture of two saints. I'm, I'm convinced they are both so set on heaven. Mm-hmm. I remember something I heard a long time ago. Someone once asked <clears throat> Georgia O'Keefe how she knew she was going to heaven. And her reply was, because I have such a hankering for it. Yeah, I think that's just awesome. Isn't that a great answer? I have such a hankering for it. Yeah. And those two have a hankering for heaven. There we are. What yeah. else in the headlines? Well, now that I took you to the mountaintop, let me take you down in the valley. Um, the whole issue with Kabul and the um, unrest that our troops and these Americans need to be out of that country by tomorrow. And I don't have confidence that it's going to happen. And so uh, we're recording here on Monday, August 30th. When we air this will be sometime later, but the deadline is the 31st. Correct. Imposed by whom? Who knows? It, well, there's simple debate on that, but it's imposed by them. We're cowering to them, and it's, you know, it, it could be up to people's opinions, but the reality is is that 13 U.S. troop members died, and they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And did you see the ages of them? The oldest was 25. Yeah, they're, they're just the average kids. Was Twenty. They're kids. just kids. Yeah, and so and they're volunteers. Think about that, though. So if they're in their twenties, and the oldest one is twenty-five, 25. they were either toddlers or not born yet when September eleventh, two thousand one, mm, right, right. Yep. took place. That's right. The These guys are heroes. And that's that's my concern. I'm kind of a news junkie, and I don't report all of that here as we visit, obviously. But one of the things that really concerns me is when 9-11 occurred, I was in the towers a year ago to the week, I believe. It might have even been the day, because in my old life, I used to work in finance, and so that was kind of a backyard play yard for many of us who worked in that industry. And when those towers went down... Um, you know, it was a, a reality, I think, I can't remember the death toll, but was it like 3,000? Just under 3,000. Okay. That's 3,000 Americans when they came on our soil, and they did it ingenuously by um, how they did it with, with the plane crashes. But now the thing that's very concerning to me, and we've kind of talked about this, you know, if not on the air, behind the scenes. Right now, because of all the illegal immigration that's going on, there are so many individuals that have ties to those groups and extreme terrorism that are already infiltrated in the United States as citizens, and they're wait- waiting for that magic day 
where the leader says, today's the day, let it happen. And so we might experience some domestic terrorism on our soil from these individuals, and it could happen around September 11th, and it's not an issue to put fear in anyone, not at all. But I would go to confession, and I would make sure that you're ready to meet your maker, because we just don't know. Well, that's a good point. We don't know. And and let's think about 9-11 20 years ago. It didn't happen in Dubuque, right? right. So I don't think anything's going to happen necessarily in Dubuque, but the fallout happened right. all over the country. All, all over. of our lives were affected by it. Yeah, no flying for how long? I remember mm-hmm. being a meet- in a meeting in L.A. In, in, uh, shortly thereafter, and it's when you could actually start to carry a cell phone with you, which sounds mm-hmm. kind of yeah. funny, yeah. you know. And we were in the top of this uh, skyscraper with this meeting. And the CEO of the company that we were meeting with came in and he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we need to exit the building. I don't want to cause any concern, but there's been a threat. And so after 9-11, any kind of threat like that, I mean, it was like you saw your life flash before your eyes. Yeah. And it was very, very serious. And then, I think there's a tie back to that opening story we had, which is uh, the the... Awareness of miracles, uh, the the belief in God's grace, and um, and we are protected by providence, or we're not. And if we don't ask for it, we're we're not anywhere closer to being protected by it. Here, we need to uh, return to being a God-fearing people That's and knowing right. that He's the Creator, and we're not. We're that, the creatures. That's right. And. Uh, and with regard we, uh, to these terrorists here, there's reports that in every county, in every state in the Union, there are uh, operatives mm-hmm. of one or another terrorist organization. Well, yes, I'm not surprised at that. And the other thing, you know, we're kind of thinking 9-11, terrorism, the Middle East. Did you know that Canada has invited the Chinese military to do military exercises in Canada, so now they that. are no longer across the ocean. Mm-hmm. They are in Canada. Yeah, doing so. We really don't know where it's going to come from, um, but like you said, Tom, there there were a lot of miracle stories on 9/11. The story of you know someone who forgot something and turned around and went back home, mm-hmm. and therefore wasn't in the towers. The guy went you, golfing. Yeah, when you think about those two towers, and and only. 3,000 were killed. It could have been way, way worse. Mm-hmm. So there are some miracles that happened that day. Um, oh, even on the plane in um, um, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. The guys, I mean, they were martyrs. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They averted more deaths, yeah. potentially. So one of the things that's so important is to be praying the rosary every day. Right. So one of the promises that Mary gives to people who pray the rosary every day is that they will be given signal graces. Mm-hmm. Now you go, what the heck is What's a, a signal, signal grace, grace, Colleen? Right? It's awesome. So here's a signal grace. A signal grace is you're, you're not sure what to do. Do I go that way? Do I go this way? Um, do I choose this? Do I choose that? A signal grace is a signal it's a grace that shows you a signal of what to do, which way to turn, which one to pick. And she promises signal graces to those who pray the rosary every day. Who does not need that in this time, in this place? We all need signal graces. Well, and also, I just can't believe that everybody is not praying the rosary. I just, if you're not, I just am really encouraging you to do so. Um, it's a wonderful prayer, and it's basically the gospel. 
um, and you're interceding on each Hail Mary bead um, for whatever intention you want to. Why are people not to. praying the rosary? Well, what are some of the typical reasons? It's boring. No. It's repetition. No. I don't have time. Yes. Time? You think it's a time thing? It's a time thing. Here's a bag. Everybody's got a 24-hour bag, 186 hours a week, right? Is that right? 168. 168. So I transposed. That's fine. Anyway, 168 hours a week. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got that bag. What's it filled with? Internet. Yeah. Television, work, sleep. Okay. What's, What's the easiest way to fill your bag with the stuff you want? Put it in first. Put it in first. Right. All right. The biggest thing's in first. It's addition by subtraction, or is it subtraction by <laughs> addition? Well, see, there I am. 186 <laughs> addition, whatever else here. No, but I, I think that um, we, need, we need to be amending our lives. And if we're not doing that daily, what are we doing? Well, I think here's the, here's the deal. We need to go deeper. This is not somebody else's job. If you're right. listening, this is your job. You're responsible for your life, for your family, for your city, Dubuque, Tri-State, wherever you're up in Cuba City, wherever it is. We've got them on the, on the app. Get on the team. Get on the team. Make it happen. Yeah, I like how Taylor Marshall says that. Dr. Taylor Marshall, he says, if you're not praying the rosary, you're not on the team. And it's, it's really a neat saying because it's like, come on, we, we have got to get on not only on the team, but in the game. You're getting the hook here, the mad timer just uh, came <laughs> over the horizon here you're listening to the chatter you don't get this kind of radio up and down the dial this is fm 98.3 kcrd we will be back right after these announcements we are back this is the chatter on fm 98.3 kcrd We've got Janet Wagner, Colleen Pasnack, I'm Tom Oglesby, and um, boy, those, that was a long headline. We got through, what, two, two yeah. and a half headlines? <laughs> yes. I got a couple more for you. What do you got? Well, one of them is not a headline, but I find it incredibly interesting that it's not, is it's back to school time. Have you guys heard any headlines about back to school? Not much. No, in the last two years, it's kind of gone by the wayside. But one of the things that I find interesting is there are so many homeschool groups that are popping up. Like mushrooms. Yes. I know of a group that started with 150 kids, volunteer moms coming together. And I'm like, 150 kids? That is a school. Old Mother Hubbard's homeschooling here. Yeah. And that's one group that I know of. I know of another group. I don't know their numbers, but... You know, this is just in the tri-state area, so think about this. So if that's 150 kids that are now in a homeschool program done by volunteer parents, that's 150 kids that aren't going to public school or Catholic school. Follow the money on that. What do you guys think about that? I think it's the money's secondary here. The, the real question here is why are 150 school children and their parents saying, you're staying home and I'm teaching you? Isn't that essentially the um, well? And we know why the narrative, isn't it? Well, and back up as to why. Let's let's be truthful here. The whole reason why is because of the COVID um, pandemic and being forced to wear masks or being forced to potentially be vaccinated, and and the curriculum. You think so? Well, and and add to that, the curriculum is being hijacked. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's two genders. 
but now public school education is saying you got to have more than two genders. And some I have another friend of mine that lives out east, and she said that not only do I have to keep updating on the child's name, but I have to know what their gender is. And she said the challenging thing is is they we have to respect if they change their gender from week to week. And she said, and I also have one student that is changing their name every day. So I don't know what their name is. <laughs> and it's just like, that is so unfortunate for so many reasons. But well, I think those are some bullet points as we, to why it's homeschool. They've invited that, and uh, they should let those chickens roost. They've, they've invited that into the uh, school. I think the parents, uh, aside from tuition, aside from whether or not children need to wear masks, which, by the way, the British uh, Medical Journal, whatever the name of that is, is saying just what we said a couple of episodes ago on this chatter. Again, you don't get this kind of radio anywhere else in Dubuque. That children who are masked up, their development is retarded because they can't see facial expressions. It's part of their language, part of their learning. They can't tell if you're smiling or frowning, who you really are. And you are, we are raising a generation of school children who will be forever scarred. Someday they will be adults. That's a great This point. is part of human development. Simple human development. We are social beings. The prayer is our father, not my father. We are made to be in communion with each other. Mm-hmm. And... These these masks, but I think I think that's part of that. We're we're talking about homeschooling. I think that's part of it. But this critical race theory. Yep. There was another email that went out uh, to parents asking what their child, what their students' preferred pronouns are. We continue to get emails and questions about that. I mean, give it up already. When when did we stop taking the common sense pill? Well, and here's the thing: since this is Catholic radio catholic radio show what what does the catholic church teach about about uh the parents responsibility when it comes to educating their child who is responsible primary educators are the parents that's right the number ones are the parents so they have every right to homeschool they They sure do and it's not only on this issue or 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 uh, other curricula but go back to your question that's what the catholic church teaches but When's the last time you heard that taught? You know, actually, I've, I've never heard it taught from the pulpit. But I was reading something, and Benedict was saying, when he was still Pope, he was saying, you know, the top issues. Benedict when, the 16th? Benedict the 16th, Pope, Benedict, Pope Emeritus, Benedict the 16th, when he was still Pope. He said the three top issues were life, marriage, and the right of parents to educate their children. And honestly, at the time... You know, 15 years ago, I thought, well, that's a goofy third one. I could think of a hundred other ones that would be better in third place. And then I realized just how right he is. Yeah. Because the socialists have always said, give us your, they've always gone after the kids. They have the long view of things, the long march through the institutions, right? That's their slogan. They go after the kids. So parents and their uh, responsibility to educate their child. Well, it's is not primary. only the responsibility, but it's their right. And duty. Their duty. Right, duty. Well, and, and you know, from a Catholic Church perspective, when a parent goes to their eternal home and they meet Jesus face to face, parenting is their vocation. And Jesus is going to have and demand an accountability from those parents about how they raise their children. 
Now, that to me is scary. It is scary. That's a big responsibility. And and so far, parents have worked with the schools, the church, to share that responsibility, right? They say, okay, we will, we will loan you our responsibility to educate our child, but ultimately resides with the parents. And I think what it's saying that so many people are homeschooling is that they no longer have the trust That's right. of the public schools or the Catholic schools to to parent to educate their children in a way that they yeah, see. Yeah, and I and I think that's I think that's primary here yeah. in their reasoning. I think COVID is part of the conversation, and masks are, but I believe those are uh, secondary to the conversation. The other and thing, those can oh, be overcome. I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't want to cut you off, but they the educational system from a public school standpoint, and I would also argue that it's also creeped into the Catholic school and private school curriculums as well, is that basic education has been hijacked. The curriculum has been hijacked by a communist, social, democratic, um, justice agenda. And so that's another reason why people are deciding to homeschool, because they're tired of that whole agenda, whatever it might be, whether it's LGBTQ stuff shoved down your throat. I wonder if we could get a breakdown of homeschoolers and where their former school district was. Was it the public school? Was it the uh, private parochial school? I I don't know where those numbers would be available, but I know they're available only because... We ask the homeschoolers. We have have a listener who will find that for us. Yes. Yeah, because part of it is is there has to be attendance taken, and also there is a record because if you're a tax-paying individual, you know whose households and where the tax dollars are going and where these kids are and what school districts they're in. Well, and you had asked, how much does that is that costing the public schools to lose 150 kids? So what does the state of Iowa lose? I just looked it up. Okay. The state of Iowa says it costs $7,000 to educate a child. So $7,000 times 150 students is over a million dollars. Okay, so that's 150 kids just in one area. Take that times the 99 counties in Iowa. What's that? That would be interesting to know what that number is. It would be, because I don't know if the homeschooling rate is the same. No, I would say predominantly look in your metropolitan areas. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the other thing is, is I think the other caveat to this is the hybrid education system, where if somebody doesn't want to wear a mask or be vaccinated, then they can study at home, which I think is a mental health crisis happening. Newsflash on that. Did you just see today it broke? And now I've lost the uh, jurisdiction. Something makes me want to say it was in Britain. A mother was denied uh, seeing her 11-year-old son because she refused to be vaccinated. You mean he was in the school and she was denied? No, he, he she was uh, evidently. Uh, perhaps it's a sad story. There was a uh, divorce and there was custody, shared custody. Mm-hmm. But she was she was done that. But I think it plays in here to parental rights. We're talking about parental rights and responsibilities with regard to education, but when the courts and society, government, step in between education and, in this instance, uh, custody and visitation based on some of these uh, programs, these are uh, horrific. Well, the other thing that I look at is that we're coming down pretty hard on this education system, but I want to be clear, you know, there's a lot of exceptionally wonderful, great, awesome teachers out there that are so invested 
and get such a kick out of their vocation and actually um, educating students and, and the joy that they get from being able to do that. Um, those teachers to me are heroes, but they're up against a wall because their administrators are forcing agendas down their throats. Well, we've, we've confused education with indoctrination. Right. That's the issue right there. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It used to be the, was it the three or four R's? I thought <laughs> reading, writing, <laughs> arithmetic. <laughs> That's how so I spelling spell. was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and now, now we've got to teach feelings. We've got to teach social skills. We've got, you know, don't, we're not, we're not there. Reading, writing, and we've created generations of functional illiterates. They can't read at grade level. If you can't read, you can't do technology, uh, mathematics, science. You, 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 you can't do that. But, boy, we've got a whole lot of people that are going to tell us how they feel. Yeah. Well, and, Jenna, what you were saying, too, about how many teachers are out there that, you know, are really devoted to their vocation of teaching. Some of them are standing up to school boards um, yeah. and, and speaking this to their school board, and they're losing their jobs. They are. And the unions are also against them now, whereas it used to be the unions favored the teacher. The mm-hmm. unions now, especially in some of these places on, well, in California, also um, I think Virginia as of late, are are backing the agenda of getting um, mandatory vaccinations, wearing mm-hmm. masks, mm-hmm. and God follow knows. Follow the money. Yeah, and, and look at that. And look at not only the money, follow the color. You know, is it blue or red? That's driving behind some of these things. And it's just like, we, you need to know these things because it's it's going to impact. But the bottom line is, is the, the grassroots, solid, normal people that go to work every day want to raise their kids to be exceptional citizens. Those people are now removing their kids from the school systems and are homeschooling them. Yep. And I see that there is here in Iowa someone suing, a mother suing Governor Reynolds because she will not put in a mask mandate. You know what? If you want your kid to wear a mask to school, wear one. Wear one. Wear one. Well, the other other thing around that is they're saying, but that's going to keep so many kids that are disabled from attending school. And I'm like, okay, so let's weigh out the numbers. How many disabled kids would that impact versus the number of kids who'd actually go to school? Let's be reasonable here. Well, I don't get why. If you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you don't want to, don't. Right. I, I don't understand how come that's just not the logic of the day. Well, if everybody was as perfect as you and me, it'd be a different story, wouldn't it? No, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> You're listening to the chatter with the two most perfect women in Dubuque. Colleen Pasnack oh and Janet Wagner. Okay, oh I'll be going gosh. to confession soon. Oh, my gosh. And all of you know how I feel right now. That's because you've been drinking. <laughs> well... Would you like another glass of water, Tom? <laughs> yes, I'd like more lemon this time. What are the headlines? What, we got any other headlines, or are we pivoting here? Yeah, no, I've got a, another couple of headlines here. Um, some good news, again, is Bishop Joseph Brennan. I believe he's out in Fresno, California. He was urging a million of his Catholics not to jump on the bandwagon in getting um, vaccinated. And the whole element being is that you need to understand the moral issue behind this and how these vaccinations were tainted with aborted baby parts. And um, he spoke out. So that's a bishop that's actually speaking up out of concern for his flock. And I just thought that was really a positive um, positive headline, mm-hmm. especially coming out of California. That is a positive headline. We always could use some good news. 
Because we know locally here, um, Supich in Chicago had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week. You're right. You know what? That's Indeed. you're leading right into my last headline. So let's Am talk I? about that. Okay. Let's Can you talk repeat about that again? You know, there's that children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. <laughs> I'm kind of appropriating that title and making it Supich's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Week. <laughs> and it started out with Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago. Um, you know, she went to the funeral of Ella French, the young um, police officer who was killed about a week or so ago. And Lori Lightfoot is not Catholic. Um, and she's in a relationship that's offensive to God, objectively offensive to God. So at the Mass, Cardinal Supich is presiding, and he knows Lori Lightfoot is there. This just doesn't happen that she comes no. to the funeral. They know in advance who's there, right? So um, Supich, right before communion, says to the priest, uh, the pastor there, um, I'm, I'm not going to distribute communion. You can distribute communion. I'm bowing out. Yeah, I'm bowing out. Yeah. So it caused confusion. And so in the confusion, this poor priest goes and right. un- unbeknownst to him at first, right. and it was too late. Filling in for the station for the distribution of the most blessed sacrament. Body, blood, soul, and divinity is That the given. Cardinal Archbishop was supposed to occupy. Right. Yeah. So that, was, um, that started out his very bad, horrible, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week. Mm-hmm. Started out with Lori Lightfoot. Then he comes out a couple days later saying, everyone that is an employee of the Archdiocese of Chicago must get the shot. Yeah. Now that means not only priests, deacons, parish secretaries, yeah. right? Everyone, okay? And he says no religious exemption allowed. Right. I mean, that sounds kind of like bullying to me. So That's that was, the, Nur- the Nuremberg... Um, yes, it is. The Nuremberg Code says you cannot you be cannot a human experiment. That. Yeah, yeah. So that's the second thing that um, he's he's had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And the third thing just happened on Friday. And and you, this is almost unbelievable. Wait for it. This is almost unbelievable. Here it comes. He told the, the people of Chicago that they may not recite the Saint Michael prayer at the end of Mass or the Hail Mary. That is just so sad. What what cardinal says you cannot pray? That's just it's unbelievable. So so if anyone wants to start praying the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer, what do you got? We have some cards from KCRD prayers that you can say after Mass that have traditionally been said for over a hundred years. It's three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen. Um, the prayer for the church and St. Michael the Archangel. And we have these cards. If you would like to start praying these prayers after Mass, you let us know and we will send you one. And the whole reason for these prayers. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and we will have some at the um, September 22nd Father Altman event. Go deeper on that. About get to take tickets here oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 oh i hope you have the tickets because what are we 450 tickets already yeah oh my gosh so if you want to go get we your had, tickets we had to get some more tables okay so um anyway so we will have these cards there so if you are at that event we will have some of these there but i mean for crying out loud we need the help and protection of saint michael the archangel and he also said you couldn't pray the hail mary after mass what i don't understand a bishop one of Mary's sons, by the way, our most blessed mother's sons are the priests and bishops whom she asks for us to pray for constantly, daily. Add those um, intentions to your rosary. And the interesting thing is, is that why would any 
son of Mary, deny the faithful or the flock and tell them not to pray to her or to request protection from St. Michael, let alone the whole fact that we're praying these prayers after Mass, or should be, is out of thanksgiving for what we just received. Right. We were just at Calvary. We were just, we're just at, at Calvary. Calvary. Yep. yep. And you're not going to you're not going to honor or look at our blessed mother, you're going to deny her? Yep. So anyway, so that was um that was Supich's terrible horrible no good very bad week and we want to um change that into an awesome week by give, getting these cards out to you so we can all pray these prayers after mass. Yes. I think do. that's a fabulous idea. Well, we need to wrap up segment two. We're going to come back here on the chatter. This is FM 98.3 KCRD. I'm Tom Oglesby. We'll be back with Janet and Colleen right after these announcements. We are back. This is the chatter on FM 98.3. Colleen Pasnek is here, Janet Wagner, and uh, I'm Tom Oglesby. And uh, we, we got round up on segment two here. And uh, we were talking about uh, his great week. Yes, we were talking Card- about Cardinal's great week here. Cardinal Supich is But you've got some more insights on that. Day. Yeah, so we were also talking about education and how many people are choosing to homeschool their kids. Um, and, and that is great. I mean, because parents are the primary educators of their children. That's what we believe as Catholics. Um, and yet, I think at some point we have to realize that our children have free will. So whether we're homeschooling, whether we're sending to Catholic school, whether we're sending to public school, at the end of the day, everyone has to choose for himself who he will serve. I've heard it said that God doesn't have any grandchildren, hmm. right? God only has children. Everyone has to decide for themselves. They can't rely on their parents' faith. Um so I, I think that kind of brings us into our, our third segment here where we want to talk about the great apostasy. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. And you define apostasy as? As leaving the practice of the Catholic faith. Graduating from confirmation? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe choosing not to be confirmed. Mm-hmm. But it's not pra- no longer practicing your faith. And honestly, it seems like we're in the time of great apostasy because I don't know a family that's not been touched by this. I agree. Every family, every person I talk to that's faith-filled, um, especially a mother or a father, the number one thing that breaks their heart is I raise my kids Catholic. The money we spent for them to go to Catholic school, the investment we made in going to church every week, the how we were organized and gave back to the church, whether it was our stewardship of time, talent, and money or whatever and none of my kids go and not only do they not go they don't want anything to do with it and if i bring it up to them they will they'll exile me yes they will not talk to me they will not bring their kids over i will not see my grandchildren it's the number one intercessory prayer for all catholic apostles uh, apostolates is it that please bring my children uh, please bring my grandchildren i don't see my grandchildren here What's the disconnect, though? I mean, you know, they used to say we put the fun in dysfunction here, and Catholics have lost the culture here. There's a disconnect. The families don't support the school systems. The school systems don't support the the parishes. The parishes don't support parents. And uh, children are uh, left as sheep before wolves. 
And you're right. They're they're left as sheep before wolves. And I think the pull of the culture is so strong that no matter how hard parents try to keep their kids Catholic and do all the right things, the pull of the culture is so strong that it's not surprising that the kids go away from the faith. I'm a revert. I was away from the faith. Well, this is a spiritual battle. Father Heilman says this. That it's, as Paul says, principalities, archangels, and angels, dominions, and powers. These are all angels, angels not heaven. all of the angel choirs, but some of the angel choirs. He says that angels are created with all of their faculties, and they cannot increase nor can they decrease here. The, the pull of the culture is demonic. The fallen angels, the third of the angels that fell, are those who are pulling our children and grandchildren here. So they did not increase their power in these last generations. If this is a mathematical question then, if the increase, if, if the power is so uh, apparently increasing, but we know that angels cannot increase, the equation says that grace has decreased. Grace or the church in her power has decreased. Which is grace. So if you don't have, if the church doesn't have power or less power, it's got less less grace. Well, actually, I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both and. The way the culture goes, it follows the church. The church Mm -hmm. has failed humanity. Mm -hmm. That's why we're in the state that we are in right now. And it and well, my point is is that the demons didn't you know, develop some new technology. No, they've always been there. They've always been there. We've lost, uh, we've walked backwards from that line in the sand uh, with respect to the great spiritual battle that isn't new uh, in the 20th century nor in the 21st century. Paul talked about it in the first century. Right. And that's right. He talked about it in the first century. And right now... We are living in times. I mean, look at the LGBTQ agenda. Look at the threat and the evil against the family. I mean, a heterosexual family that's married and then elects to have children. The culture is so against that. And the demise of the family, the the um, the fact that even in the pandemic, which the pandemic is a fruit, it's not the cause. The fact that all these bishops closed their churches, you want to know about grace? It went out the window. People stopped going to church. There is no grace. Let's get back, though, to Colleen saying we're in we're in the great apostasy. Yeah, I think we are. Every family we know has been touched by this. Um, children are not following in the uh, the footsteps of their parents. You know, that old song, Faith of Our Fathers. They're not following along in the faith of their fathers because we all have free will. And, and right now, the world, the flesh, and the devil are really attractive uh, to the eyes of young people. So I think that's I think that's on everybody's heart. Let's quantify this with something here, just statistically. The belief in the Holy uh, Sacrament, the Blessed Lord, is... is the, the, uh, true pre- the real presence. Real presence here. Seven or eight out of ten Catholics don't believe that this is... This is the source, the summit, this is... Uh, of our faith, as the council, the great council of the 1960s said, the source and summit of our faith is the Eucharist. 
we, we can't do that. How can seven or eight Catholics not believe this? How can 100% of the clergy believe it and seven or eight out of the laity not believe it? That is statistically impossible. So what you're saying is if the laity don't believe, it's because the clergy don't believe? Can't be. Cannot be. Well, that's what it is. If, if, you, if you understood this, and this is your parish, and you understood that seven out of eight people coming into line to receive the Blessed Sacrament, seven or eight out of the ten, don't believe, what would you do about that? Well, you would definitely do something, You'd you would think. You'd definitely do something. If, if you're a business, and with respect to uh, people who go to Mass, you know, there's this phrase in Catholics, and we giggle about it. We call them creasters, don't we? And we mm-hmm. kind of giggle, oh, the church is going to be busy this weekend. It's Christmas. Yeah. And they say, well, the reason that it's so busy is because people are traveling and now they're here. But every church in any diocese is busy. The The numbers of travelers would cancel themselves out. Right. The reality of it is, is three out of four Catholics do not go to Mass on Sunday. If you're a business and your customers, three out of four are not repeat customers, and the ones who are coming as a repeat customer, 80% of them do not believe in your product? I'd be firing my sales director and my managing partner. And my marketing team? Yeah. I mean, that's just common sense. So why are we not firing some of these bishops in, these, in our church leadership? Well, because you, you we just, can't. In, 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 a, in a segment we just talked about, a bishop who had a bad week, mm-hmm. and he was acting on managerial items like what you can't do. What was it? You can't pray. Can't pray. Can't pray the... Got to take the shot. You got to take the shot. Got to give communion to the pagans, non-Catholic. Yeah. So we're going we're going to take the source and the summit, that which Paul says, you must receive worthily. And if you, this is why some of you are sick, some of you are dying because you are receiving unworthily. He says that this that is, is this is scriptural. That's scripture in here. But what are we hearing from? the leaders at the parish level, at the diocese level, at the province level. Yeah, I, I can't ever remember hearing a homily about worthiness to receive communion. No. I, I no. can't remember. No. That. No, that's been a study on your own, discovered on my own. Mm-hmm. Not only is the number one uh, intercessory prayer of parents and grandparents, bring my children and grandchildren back, in the top five intercessory prayers is we want to hear our faith. We want to hear it preached. People are voting with their feet, going to parishes where they're hearing Catholic doctrine being talked about, reaffirming that which we suspected because we've we've lost it in here. The clinical definition of disappointment is not meeting expectations. If you're a Catholic and you're de- uh, disappointed, clinically, your expectations are not being met by your pastors, by your shepherds. 
but they don't know any better. And in so many cases, you know, people have been raised with this, this uh, mentality that says once a priest, you, you respect that, that person as a priest and you basically submit yourselves to them, which means you never, you never question them or anything. That's clericalism. I know, but it plays in here. But sooner or later, you got to show up and put up. I agree. I agree. Sooner or later, you've got to say, this is what we're doing here at our church. This is the faith of our fathers. This is what the church teaches. And you've got to teach it. And you run the risk of being canceled, which is what our September 22nd event is about. All the priests that have been canceled simply because they were teaching and preaching the faith as we have believed for 2,000 years. And the Catholics that were in those pews are so hungry and so thirsty that they have given these priests such tremendous support. Yep. And that's why our numbers are so large. We're at 450 tickets, you well, said? Well, I tell you what, though. The antithesis of what you just said is why three out of four are no longer hungry and no longer thirsty. Sure. They weren't being fed. They weren't given drink. And they ain't coming back. Right. Well, and part of that is they think that every church is the same as the other. What do you mean? You know, I can go to the Methodist church. I can go to the Catholic church. I can go to the Jehovah Witnesses. I can go out in the woods. Everything's the same as ever. There's multiple paths leading to God. I don't have to be Catholic. That's because the Novus Ordo Mass, for some priests, they've made it that way. They've made it that way. Okay, but is that what the Catholic church teaches? No, not at all. What does the church teach? What does the church... I, I'm not following you. So the church teaches... What, no salvation Jesus. outside the church? There's no salvation outside the church. The, the church Catholic is church. the one church founded by Jesus Christ for the salvation of souls. But clarify that. There's no salvation outside of the Catholic church. Yes, the church founded by Jesus Christ himself. So, so what people need to understand that are not Catholic is the fact that you are Lutheran or Methodist, um, Episcopalian, whatever it might be, these were sects that, thanks to Luther, everybody divided off. Well, you were outside of communion with the Catholic Church. Please come home to the Catholic Church. Call us. We'll help you. Right. And so I want to be clear. I'm not saying that only Catholics go to heaven. I am not saying that at all. There are people who are in other churches living moral lives, um, trying, hankering for heaven, right? Trying to get there. And God bless them. But it's like trying to walk from New York to L.A. That's a long trip, right? And well, and you'd want... ultimately have to answer the question here. Uh, I chose a different faith than the Roman Catholic faith. And you're going to have to um, offer that kind of explanation to Christ when you look at him at your immediate judgment and say, hey, I sent a church and you chose to protest. But how many people even know that? They've just been raised. They just do what their parents had done. Right. They don't, they're don't. they not saying, I deliberately choose to not enter the church. Here, here's another uh, number that just drives me nuts. What's that, Tom? You talk about come home to the church. And we, you know, we've, we've got this right of Christian initiation of adults, RCIA. Do you know for every new convert to the Catholicism through RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, and every infant baptism for every new Catholic mm -hmm. brought into the church, 
six leave. Wow. Wow. Six. Those are families leaving. No, they're not leaving. They're running. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, they're just, they're, they're just not attending anymore. So how does this tie in with what we're talking about? Parents with homeschooling. We're talking about what's going on here. It's no longer, I mean, we, we've got to stop blaming the priests. I hear so many people saying, I want this from the pulpit. I want this from the pulpit. We've been waiting 100 years for the pulpit. It ain't happening, ladies. Well, I think we can blame. I think we need to place bl- proper blame, and I think that blame is the leadership of the church. I think there is an appropriate blame that needs to go there. I get that, but it, we said earlier in this show that parents are the primary yes. teachers. We're going to be responsible. I don't think this is a plausible defense before God Almighty to say, my children and my grandchildren didn't go to church, and it's the priest's fault. And I'm helpless about it. And I'm yeah. helpless about yeah. that. You know who that sounds like? That hmm. sounds like the argument with Adam and Eve when God asked them how they knew they were naked. Yeah, it was the snake's fault. Yeah. No, it was her fault. No, yeah. it was the snake's fault. No, yeah. passing the blame. Exactly. But in the last minute or so here as we wrap up, I don't want to leave our listeners feeling like it's hopeless, like their kids are gone from the faith and they're never coming back. Earlier in the show, in fact, we started off with Vince Mice reminding us about redemptive suffering and Our Lady of Fatima saying to the children, many souls go to hell because there's no one to pray and offer sacrifices for them. Mm -hmm. So how many children will be brought back to the faith because their parent, typically the mother or the grandmother, typically is praying for them, is offering sacrifices for them. And when you unite your prayer and sacrifice with that intention in front of your mind, it becomes easy because love makes everything easy. If you're doing this prayer for their salvation, if you're offering this sacrifice so they come back to the church, easy. Well, the thing is, is that as a mom or a grandmother, your kids or grandchildren don't need to know that you're making those prayers because there's a lot of mothers and grandmothers, fathers and grandfathers for that matter too, who have really tried to reach out to their children and put them on the spot, you know, hey, we raised you differently, and all of a sudden they get the threat, if you're going to pressure me, then we're not ever visiting you again, you'll never see your grandchildren. I mean, this stuff is real. But here's here's something that you can do in addition to praying. You can be a mother or a grandmother or a father or a grandfather to somebody else's kids. Mm-hmm. You don't. You may not even know them, but you can say to their kids, Hey, would love to see you at Mass, you know, and pray for them. You know, we're the body of Christ. You know, Christ. I, I agree with what you're saying, and and um, and I disagree with what you're saying here. We we, we got to stop. We, we got to stop relying on on mothers and grandmothers praying the Rosary. Keep that up, but too many dads and granddads are getting off the hook here. I, I Preach would it, Tom. Agree that. Talk to your fathers. That are, listening. are called fathers for a reason. And yeah, uh, there, there, there's intercessory prayer on behalf of mothers and grandmothers. Dads, get off the couch. Pick the rosary up. Show your sons what it is to be men and grandfathers what it takes to happen. This, the, we, we've, we've got too many churches filled with old women praying the rosary. We need... Churches filled with young men praying the rosary with dad and granddad 
leading the way. Show them what family is all about. That is awesome. That is beautiful. Great, Tom. Thank you for challenging all the men that are listening. That's just beautiful. Are we out of time? We're out of time. Where did it go? I don't know, but there was a tornado going on over there. <laughs> well, the Irish tornado has sounded the alarm here. We're going we're gonna to beg off for this episode of The Chatter in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory, Glory be, be to, to the, the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever, and ever shall be, world, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. This is The Chatter. Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wigner. I'm Tom Oglesby on FM 98.3 KCRD.